is the Wrestling Brethren Podcast, a show where professional wrestling and sports entertainment is discussed on a weekly basis. There are big event predictions and talk of what is liked and what is loathed. A show that does not cater to any one promotion, but rather welcomes all enjoyable content. With that in mind, here are Seth Zillman, Jared Aubrey, and Josh Wiener, also known as Xandrax Prime, and your host, Southpaw Josh. Welcome in to episode 323. We are doing our predictions for AEW Revolution, the pay-per-view that started in February, but now has been pushed back to March recently. But before we can get to those predictions, Jarrett, Seth, how the hell are you? I know I seem to say it every year that, not every year, geez. Uh, well, I've probably been saying it for a few years, but it seems like I say almost every week now that it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. But right now, at least as of this week, it's a good day to be a Star Wars fan, too, because with the Mandalorian and the Bad Batch, there is some top-notch action going on from a galaxy far, far away, but I'm not going to talk about that. I got two other shows to talk about that. Tonight, we get to talk some wrestling. Yeah, we finally get a big AEW event, and... uh they normally do not disappoint at these, and we're going to talk about who we think <laughs> uh, in, in the magical world that is AEW booking. <laughs> we're going we're to try and predict who might win some of these matches, so I'm interested to hear what you all think. Remember when we could just use common sense and it worked? Mm-hmm. There's no such thing anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I, common sense is uncommon these days. Oof. This, this is going to be rough, but uh, we're going to kick things off. This pay-per-view is Sunday, 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 March 5th, and I think it's in California again. I don't remember. Yeah, I believe it's in Frisco, just not the Cow Palace. They're, they're doing the weekly TV at the Cow Palace. Gotcha. So from California, San Francisco, I'm going to start us off with a match that's not been officially announced yet, but these two participants are strict. Well, I don't want to say strictly mostly on rampage and we're recording this the night before rampage. So it's a high probability that this will get announced for the pay-per-view. And if it's not, I'll just strike it from the record, so to speak. Um, But I'm going to, guess that they're going to give us Keith Lee versus Swerve Strickland. Well, if that does in fact happen, the conventional logic would dictate that the heel wins the early matches. So for that, I mean, cut and dry, I guess I would mean Strickland would win. Maybe he has to cheat. Maybe his, whatever he's calling his uh, henchmen, you know, the, the tattooed guys, they may have to get involved, but um, it's probably the best thing as far as the storyline goes is for Strickland to win. And I'm assuming Dustin will get involved in it as well because I know they're doing the tag match tomorrow. So that'll probably be when it gets announced. I, I don't know if this is going to be a long drawn out thing or not. If, if it is, I would agree with with uh, Seth that, you know, the, the bad guy wins the first one and then we would come back and win. So I'm, I'm going to go with Swerve too. 
I'm going to go with getting Keith Lee back on track, and he needs to get as far away from the mogul affiliates as possible because this has done nothing but drag in the mud. Yeah, they did the angle with the curb stomp on the cinder block, and apparently it killed Keith Lee for like eight weeks because he was off TV. And I'm like, come on, man, you can't just leave people twisting in the wind. Oh, hi, Miro. How you doing? Um, so <laughs> I'm picking Keith Lee and to get the, get him the hell away from this faction. <laughs> Move on to bigger and better things. In a no-holds-barred singles match, Jungle Boy Jack Perry takes on Christian Cage. Okay. I didn't know there were that many people waiting for that match. But uh, anyway. That's uh, funny. I, sorry, I'd, <laughs> I I had used the wheel of names um, to, to help pick who i wanted to win that match. <laughs> i forgot that it applauses after i'm done so i <laughs> but uh nice. i'm assuming this is a blow off because it's been going on for the better part of a year now uh so and when you look at what's already happened i mean we've already had the turn we already had jungle boy uh get attacked by luchasaurus he's already beaten luchasaurus Christian has already technically won the first one-on-one -on -one match that they had. This is supposed to be a no-holds-barred match. So that would seem to dictate that this is the time for the for the babyface to get the big comeuppance win. So I am actually predicting Jungle Boy to win this. Yeah, I'm actually going to go with Jungle Boy as well, too, pretty much for the same reason that, that Christian Cage uh, won the first match around assuming this is going to be the blow off uh, it's perfect that it's no holds barred because you know jungle boy being the much smaller guy can use implements and do whatever to aid his cause so let's go with jungle boy to win this one i'm surprised this is not a buried alive match because apparently somebody's been watching 1995 undertaker vignettes because on Dynamite, Jungle Boy was digging a grave, and then they cut to the tombstone, and it had Christian's name on it. Yeah, I'm like, um, I, I, okay. I'm assuming what they're basing that off of is, if if I understand correctly, Jack Perry legitimately helped dig his own father's grave when his father died. So I think that's the reference that they were making. Blame. Yeah. All right. Well, either way, I'm picking Jungle Boy also mm -hmm. to win. This was this probably should have happened a while ago, but Christian tore his tricep, and uh, this is his first match back. So, yeah, Jungle Boy, and then also moving on to bigger and better things. In a singles match where the Jericho Appreciation Society is banned from ringside, Chris Jericho takes on absolute Ricky Starks. Well, I think there is a very easy out in here, which is we could have somebody interfere and then join the Jericho Appreciation Society and ask his way around it. Um, but for prediction purposes and for the sake of Ricky Starks' future, I think it's better to have ricky win this match i think so i'm thinking he's either going to win or later on the show or maybe even on dynamite there'll be the next chapter where he gets jumped or something like that but 
I don't think Jericho laid that line out about nobody outsmarts Chris Jericho. That's going to come back. So even if Ricky Starks wins, Jericho is going to do something humiliating to him. And he says, I told you nobody outsmarts Chris Jericho. And then we get the next uh, phase of the feud. But I have to make a prediction. So I'm saying Starks wins. Yeah, that's one of the first things I thought of, too, that perhaps someone outside the JAS would debut or show up or turn or whatever it is uh, and come to Jericho's aid. But I think to me more, AEW wants to make Ricky Starks. And I don't know if it's going to get as bad as, you know, as Cena or Roman Reigns uh, first reign, I guess, I'll put it that way. But we're getting a little little force fed, perhaps. So I'm going to go with Ricky Starks because that's what they want. I'm going to go Ricky Starks, but I don't think it's being force fed. I think it's coming along at a nice pace, actually. I know you don't watch the re- weekly television and I usually fast forward through a whole bunch of stuff. But I dig Ricky Starks. I love his promo. I've loved everything he's done since becoming a babyface. I was kind of a little upset they kind of blew right through the feud with Powerhouse Hobbs. But I like this. And as far as the line with nobody outsmarts Chris Jericho, to me, that just came off that he was being, you know, a dick heel. But in the actuality of that segment, Ricky Starks absolutely outsmarted Chris Jericho because he got what he wanted. Right. I mean, you know, it's up to interpretation, but uh, I am definitely going for absolute to win this match. And I think finally Chris Jericho is at a point where he's putting people over. So, yeah, hopefully that will continue. And I agree with you on uh, Ricky, because at first when he turned babyface, I wasn't quite sure. But after like a week or two, I was sold because he was that, that that stuff he was doing with MJF. That's some of the best promos I've ever heard him cut, which sounds like I'm not saying much, but I'm just like the. Those were some of the best promos I'd heard in a while from anybody. So, yeah, he's he's totally won me over as a babyface. In a match that has eight people in it that I never thought would be in a match together in 2023. In a four-way match for the AEW Tag Team Titles, the Guns defend against the acclaimed against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, against Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. This match almost sounds like there's a clown car that pulled up and a whole bunch of guys are trying to get into it just to see how many people they can fit into one car. But, uh, I mean, a lot of them are, are, are talented. I'm thinking the guns are going to retain because I don't want the title to be a, a hot tamale or, or hot, hot potato. Uh, so I am picking them to retain. I think they will get the win. I do think it's also only a matter of time before Billy turns back and rejoins his sons. I think that's something that's it, it, it's going to be a when, not an if. Maybe he does that in this match. Maybe not. But uh, I'm thinking the, the, the guns will retain. Uh, how long they'll have it after that, I don't know, because I'm assuming... This is not based on any inside info. It's just going by what I've heard as far as the real world. Now that Jeff Hardy has his legal stuff behind him outside of, I think, like charity work and seeing whatever uh, uh, rehab he has to go through, uh, I think it's only a matter of time before the Hardys come back. And I think putting the titles on heels would be a good idea for when the Hardys come back if you're not going to have FTR. 
So, but all that to say, I think guns are retaining. I'm keeping this one really simple. I'm, I like, uh, Seth, I like your uh, hot tamale <laughs> reference and I, I don't want my titles to do that. So I want to go with the guns to retain. It, yeah, I too am going with the guns to retain. Um, I think whoever they're going to drop them to, it's going to be a baby face team. So they got to keep them on the heels, whether it's FTR or whomever. Um, I, I too think that Billy's going to turn at some point, if not at this show, they keep hinting around at it. But it, it really, to me, it's like somebody's doing the acclaim dirty. It's like, oh, you're the most over thing in AEW. Sweet. We're going to take the tag titles away from you. And we're going to take your manager that's super over with you, too. So, yeah. Good maybe they'll maybe they'll get Bart Gunn and call him Uncle Ass. Uh, so, for as over as the acclaimed are. And how the hell do you have Aussie open in two opportunities to get in this match and they don't do it? Yeah. <laughs> I thought for sure we were going to have Aussie open. Here. Yeah. And I, I've, I've been familiar with them because they're their new Japan work and yeah, they, they, if they have access to them, they should use them more often. Yeah. I, I did not see orange Cassidy and Dan Housen winning that battle Royal or Jay lethal and <laughs> Jeff Jarrett for that matter. So yay for all over the place booking. Okay. For the TNT title, Samoa Joe, who's a champ champ as he's also the Ring of Honor TV title holder, takes on the returning Wardlow. Okay, this is where I am going to go out on a limb here. And I'm going to make a very weird prediction on paper. Uh, but I think it's something that definitely works in the world of wrestling. But I want to be specific here because I'm honest enough that I don't want to paint it in a way where I can come back and say, oh, no, wait a minute. I want to lay everything out here. I think come match time, or maybe it'll be in the pre-show or something to that effect, Powerhouse Hobbs is going to show up and he's going to declare himself in the match. You know, he's got the right to fight for the title. So what I think is going to happen is Hobbs is going to turn it into a three-way and win the title. So Samojo versus Wardlow ends with Hobbs winning. So that that's what I'm... That's what I'm specifically predicting. Um, what I'm saying, getting specific about is uh, that that uh, it wouldn't count if, say, Wardlow wins and then they do the money in the bank bit where Hobbs comes out and beats him. Because then you guys could predict Wardlow, I could predict Hobbs, and we're both right. And I don't think that should work for a prediction thing. So I'm just simply going to say Hobbs inserts himself into the match and wins the title. So that's that. Okay. I've got you marked down as such. Seth is definitely stepping out on the limb. Um, I don't think I need to go that far on the limb, out on the limb, but I think, uh, you know, when Wardlow, you know, as he's coming back, I think he's going to be over. I think that, you know, AEW has a little bit of a reputation of perhaps uh, switching the TNT title pretty frequently. So I think this is the time Wardlow's going to win this one. As much as I hate to say that, I'm a, I'm a Joe guy, but I think Wardlow's going to win. And I think the idea would also be to make Joe more of an ROH exclusive because he absolutely is one of the guys they should build that company around. For sure. 
okay, we're going for history here because I don't think that we've ever had a one-on-one match where we each give three different answers. <laughs> <clears throat> so I did not like Wardlow's first run with the TNT title. They had him in a Goldberg position and then they mm-hmm. slammed on the brakes and cut his legs out from underneath them. So I don't want him with the title again. And he's really one dimensional for me now. And I really don't care anything about Wardlow. On the other hand, I do see where Seth is coming from with the powerhouse Hobbs thing, because I do think that it's time to give Hobbs the title, but I don't think Hobbs versus Joe works as a heel versus heel, but I also don't like Wardlow that much to where I don't want them flipping it to Wardlow to flip it to Hobbs because they already announced that Hobbs is going to take on the winner of this match at Wednesday's Dynamite. So I definitely don't want it flipping two times in what Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, went four days. So for that reason alone that I don't want to flip flop twice, I'm taking Joe to retain. For the AEW trios titles, the elite take on the house of black. I'm not going to have a long involved explanation on this one. I'm just having a two word prediction elite win. That's, that's literally all I wrote down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The, I know the elite haven't been as hot, you know, numbers wise, since they came back, but really are, is the house of black any better? Really? Um, no, I'm going to go with the, uh, with the elite retaining as well. Julia Hart's the best thing about the house of black right now. And that's just because she's jumped so far head first into the role. You know, it looks like she's enjoying the role. So good for her. When they announced the trios titles, I could only think of two trios teams that would do well with a lengthy run. And those two teams are the two that are in this match. I do think it's time to be done with the elite as a trios right now. I think the young bucks need to move on to tag team stuff. And I think Kenny needs to get back to singles stuff. I'm pretty sure that they did this not only to continue where they left off prior to all out brawl out, but to ease Kenny back in from his recovery from his injuries and surgeries. But I really think they need to feature the house of black more. And if they're the champions, they have to be out front and center more. So this is my only title win of the night. And I'm picking the house of black to win the trios titles. Interesting. In a Texas death match where I think we should put a pool on how many seconds before John Moxley bleeds. <laughs> uh, but John Moxley takes on Hangman Adam Page. I don't know why they're calling it a Texas death match when the match takes place in San Francisco and neither of the guys are from Texas. But uh, there's bigger things in wrestling to be worried about. Hey, it's not a yeah. Chicago street fight either. So. Yeah. 
But the, this, I'm assuming, is the blow-off. I'm thinking Paige is going to win. This definitely has the capability of being match of the night because we every time these guys have had matches, it's been great. Hopefully Moxley can then take that vacation that he's been uh, denied like for, what, like six months now? And maybe Hangman will get a world title shot out of this because I do want to see Hangman versus MJF for the belt. I think that that would be a uh, pretty cool uh, big-time match to see. So I'm going to set the over-under on time for Moxie to bleed at 37 and a half seconds. Seems fair. You can pick over-under, whatever you want. Wait, did you say 37 yep. and a half? Yep. Oh, I'm taking the under. <laughs> you could give me 3.7 seconds <laughs> nice josh nice uh, i agree with seth i think this is one that hangman needs uh, if they're going to make him one of the one of the big folks in, in AEW, um perhaps mox can take that break like seth said as well he, he needs it um he is doing some of his best stuff over the last few months but let's Let's let the guy rest, and especially after he gets uh, beat to crap in a match like this, that's a perfect way to uh, get him off of TV for a little bit. So let's go with that. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you guys again. I'm going Mox. Um, I don't know if that vacation's ever coming. <laughs> <laughs> no soup for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm picking Mox to win. This is right up his alley, and. Um, this surprisingly enough has been one of the best book things that they've done. And it's, it almost feels like happenstance. Like it, not that it wasn't supposed to happen, but it just, it's, it's going so well that it's surprising to me. And that's sad considering how much praise I've had for AEW in the past, but just that's where we are right now, but I'm picking Mox to win. For the AEW women's title in a three-way match, Jamie Hayter defends against Soraya and Ruby Soho. Yeah, I thought about a lot here. Um, any one of these gals can win this, and I think it would work, at least on paper. Uh, but given the story seems to be like the AEW homegrowns against the people who made their names outside of the company first. I think if that's the story they're going to go with, then this is the finish that makes the most sense, which is Ruby wins and gets the title. Um, now, maybe she pins Jamie to do it. And then they could say, okay, is she turning? Or is she going on her own? Or did she just take the pin when she could? Something to that effect. That, this is why I don't like title matches in multi-person matches unless they're elimination. I think the uh, the champion has to actually be beaten in order to lose his title. I don't get why, uh, from a logic standpoint, Ruby could pin Soraya to beat Jamie. That just makes no sense. Um, so, but it's modern day wrestling. It, that finish gets used as a crutch to where a champion doesn't actually have to lose to lose a title. But I think for the sake of the story being Ruby being caught in the middle between this war of outside stars versus homegrown stars, then that's the most interesting way to go is to have her win the title. 
had to think about this one for a bit. As much as I'm a fan of Soraya, her return has been less than stellar for me. She looks slow, not there yet. It's like maybe it's still ring grass. Maybe she's not in the best shape. I don't know what it is, but it just she just seems awkward, and I don't really want her to be champ like that. Um, she's faster than Lita. <laughs> yeah, but Lita, Lita's what fifty years old, <laughs> even close to that. Um, yeah, we're, Ruby. I don't know. Um, I, I don't see Ruby uh, as in thinking Ruby's ready yet, or I don't think she's ready yet. So, you know, Hater's hot right now. So I'm going to go with uh, Hater to retain in this match. I'm going to sound like a complete hypocrite because I keep bitching that the women need storylines. So they give the women a storyline. And my reaction is no, not that one (laughs) (laughs) because this is entirely lazy. This they they've gone completely out of their way to make this AEW versus WWE without calling it AEW versus WWE. And the whole basis is that, oh, Ruby's stuck in the middle. What side is she going to pick? At no point has she ever indicated that she was contemplating one side versus the other. She just wants wins and she wants the title. That's it. The announcers keep putting in a narrative that's not there visually on TV. So this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) That being said, Jamie Hayter retains. Mm Mm-hmm. And in the main event, and this is probably going to be the most conversation we have on this whole card. In a 60-minute Ironman match, MJF defends the Triple B against Brian Danielson, the American Dragon. Well, I look at Brian Danielson in a similar light as I look at Jericho which is they can lose a dozen matches in a row and won't be hurt by it. I'm not saying he has to lose a dozen matches in a row. I'm just saying they that can happen because they're, they're charismatic enough and popular enough that they can uh, get around it. But In an Ironman uh, match, MJF could pin him 12 times. Exactly, yeah. Uh, there's going to be a lot at play here. Uh, I'm sure Danielson's shoulder is going to be a factor. Uh, I'm not sure if titles could change hands on an EQ in AEW because, um, I, I don't want them to do this because I think it would devalue things, but I had thought of the possibility of MGF, uh, hat or Brian Danielson has more wins in, or falls in it, but the, but their DQ finishes something to that. So it's like, Oh, well, I can't change hands because these are DQ finishes. I don't want them to do that. That sounds lame. But what I think may happen, and you have to do this in a way that doesn't sound like a cheap way out. Bottom line for the prediction, I'm saying MJF wins. I'm just going to win. He's going to, he's, and he's going to retain the title. He is going to have his hand raised as the winner. I'm thinking they might do a thing where the referee stops the match because Danielson bleeds too much or the shoulder is out of whack or something to that. He's dubbed on or how would it be uh, uh, declared unfit to continue something to that effect that that's a way they could go with it. 
But I do think in the end, um, MGF's going to have his hands raised. He's going to win the match and he's going to keep the title. Brian Danielson bleeds too much. Meanwhile, Mox is in the background. <laughs> Amateur. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if this one's that that convoluted. I think MGF needs a big wrestling win in order to cement cement him as as the big champ. I don't think uh, Brian Danielson would would lose anything by not winning this match. He's over. Um, I, I hate that I'm predicting MGF, and I really like this version of Brian Danielson, but I, I just think that. You know, there's opportunity for the ring here. There's there's a few different things, uh, ways MJF could go. But I think he needs that big, I'm a great wrestler as well as a great talker to, to really cement his reign. So I'm going to go with MJF. What I meant by most conversation is that it's not convoluted, but mm-hmm. never in a world did I think that I would see Brian Danielson in a 60 minute Ironman match for a world title and not pick him to win said title, especially with how hot Mm -hmm. he is during this whole stretch. If it was any other circumstance or any other champion, excuse me, heel champion, I would be picking the American dragon in a heartbeat, but it has to be MJF to win because like Jared said, he needs, he needs established wins and whether or not they're going to keep the title on him until his contract runs out. I don't know. They keep making it a point that you feel like it's going to be an angle. So I'd rather he have the, as much as I wouldn't, I would rather he have the title all year instead of him losing it to Brian because he's hot and then picking it back up on TV two weeks later and then calling Danielson a fluke or whatever. You don't don't want Jarrett 2.0. Jeff Jarrett, I mean, not our Jarrett. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm picking MJF to retain, but much like Jarrett, I can't believe I'm picking against Brian Danielson, especially (laughs) in an Ironman match. I think it's going to be great. I think Brian's going to pull a hell of a match out of MJF. I just, uh, yeah, it's it's mind blowing to me that I'm not picking Brian Danielson to win the title. If they're going to put MJF in this kind of a situation, the guy to do it against is Brian Danielson, right? Like, yeah. they wouldn't do this with anybody else, I don't think. Um, not with Wheeler Yuta, uh, right. Kenny Omega. But heel versus heel, right? So, yeah, I think Danielson's the only one to do this with. And, yeah, like you said, any other champ, any other time, you know, Brian Danielson's getting the Duke here. But they're just not – they're not ready to move off of MGF yet. So he needs that big win. It's almost like the Sammy Roman thing. If it was anybody else, I would have picked Sammy. But, yeah, not going to happen. So that is AEW Revolution. And next week, next episode, we will be discussing these results. 
And uh, we will also, since this is Women's History Month, we will also be getting into what is wrong with the WWE and AEW women's divisions. So any final thoughts? Well, the pay-per-view track record for AEW is very good. So I think even if I'm wrong in my predictions, I think we're still going to have a heck of a show. So I just, I won't be able to watch it live because of work commitments, but I'm sure I will go home with a couple cans of Pepsi and uh, enjoy the heck out of the show. So looking forward to watching it and then reviewing it next week. Yeah. AEW pay-per-views are like NXT major shows. They, they pretty much always deliver. Uh, there's some really good looking matches on this show. Um, so I think we're going to get, entertained overall there might be a couple there's a possibility maybe for for a stinker I, i'm not sure about you know that that multi-tag match it's going to get overbooked perhaps um i'm not certain about the women's match but for the most part it should be a really good show um especially the main event and the uh the the, the texas death match i want to see moxley just lose his mind and get beat up so um yeah i want to see blood all over it should be cool I had three final thoughts, and now I can only remember two. So the first one being, uh, there are no buy-in show matches, but if any get announced, I will touch base with these guys offline, get their thoughts, and we will work them into the predictions. Uh, the other thought that I do remember still is, Seth, I owe you an apology because mm -hmm. you had uh, said last episode about the whole Brock and Omas thing, and I oh, shot okay. it down. Because mm -hmm. I said, they can't possibly be doing yeah. that. That's got to be well, a swerve. Hey, I, yeah. I think, I can't remember if I said it on the air, but I know I thought about it. Well, I hope you're right. I mean, if they don't go with this, I'll be happy. <laughs> but uh, <sighs> alas, they did. Yeah. Well, at least it was Brock's idea or mm -hmm. at least he agreed to it, whatever. Anyway, I had a third point, but I can't remember what it was now. So, yeah, I should have wrote it down. But anyway. We will, as I said, next week go over the results. We will talk about the women's division, and then we will be back on the road to WrestleMania. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing, and we will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can subscribe to the Wrestling Brethren podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast fix to hear the latest discussion from the Wrestling Brethren. You can visit us at TWBpodcast.com for posts and episodes. Visit the mothership, if you will, at BehindTheSquaredCircle.com, home of the Behind the Squared Circle podcast network. Let us know your thoughts, questions, and comments on Twitter at TWBP Show, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash behind the squared circle, and on Instagram at The Wrestling Brethren. You can follow Jared on Twitter at The Bacon Rev. You can follow Seth at Lord Zandrax, and you can follow Josh at Southpaw Josh. Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you again soon with more from The Wrestling Brethren.